Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing movies they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the man-animal. <laughs> and I'm Henry, the giant forehead, dreadlocks, regular human goatee. <laughs> uh, big old the... eyebrows. Big old eyebrows. Oh, big old eyebrows. Big old eyebrows. This is the best movie, Michelle. This is the best this... movie in the world. This is the best. This is the... Straight up, most enjoyable movie we have watched. Okay, bar none, this, no question. I fucking stand this movie. This movie slaps. Yes, I, I will. I'm still, I'm still hanging on to Highlander two, and I recently rediscovered my love for Highlander two by watching Highlander one two days ago, which is mm-hmm. almost as ridiculous. Just a little bit explains what the quickening is. Uh, which is interesting, but it really oh. just made me want to watch the quickening again because that movie was such a ride. This is, this is, in some ways much worse and in some ways just as good, but in the enjoyable way that I do love yeah. a bad movie. Ah, uh, so this is our Forrest Whitaker episode. Yeah, not our John uh. Travolta episode. This man, that man, has not won an Oscar. No, Shocking. I don't think they'll let him fucking close. I guess there's all these pictures of him, like, creeping on people at the Oscars. Really? But, like, it's only because there's a great picture of Travolta behind Benedict Cumberbatch, like, making eyes at the back of Cumberbatch's head. Yeah. And I think I've seen the, uh, like, uh, the caption on it, Travolta about to risk it all. Uh, <laughs> it's He's making real bedroom eyes at uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. But, no, this is not... John Travolta, who has at one point been a good actor, but not for, like, 40 years. Mm -hmm. This is our Forrest Whitaker episode. It is. Uh, And he's he's a good actor. I like Forrest Whitaker. He's a good Uh, actor that often chooses some shitty movies, but he has the capacity to turn in just an Oscar-winning performance. Like, genuinely earned his Oscar in The Last King of Scotland. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's Idi Amin, right? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's... Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah. He is, he's not great in this, but nobody's great in this. Yeah, there's he's, no way to be great in this. Yeah, in his defense, he is borderline unrecognizable, so we can sort of get away with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, whoo, boy, boy, oh, boy, yeah, but he's great. Like, he's, he's got that mix of, like, kind of creepy, but with gravitas. He can be lovable, but he's mostly terrifying. Yeah. Uh, He's got that face, that face that can really go either way, because it's so unusual. Yeah, it looks like it's growling at you no matter what. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, speaking of which, looking at his costume in this movie, I was like, this seems like a Cats kind of scenario. Like, like what Judy Dench is to Cats is what Forrest Whitaker is to this movie. Like, it's bad, but there's plausible deniability that you were even in it, because you're just (laughs) wrapped in layers of hair and fur. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Contact lenses. God, the the costuming decisions in this movie, just everything. I just can't, I can't wait to peel it back like a sweet onion. Uh, oh. So we're talking about Battlefield Earth, the the worst Scientology movie of our lifetimes. Yeah, the Scientology action drama slash comedy uh, <laughs> of our time. Of our it's time. it's so good. I don't so, know where to begin because I have so much stuff that I just can't wait to get off my chest. Do we start with the plot or do we just like? Um, I think I think we start with I think we start with the plot because the plot on its own. If you get you have a plot overview, it's actually pretty simple. It's about a right? lot. I could do it in like a like, sentence. Do it. Like okay, 
uh, the year is 3000. Aliens mm-hmm. have taken over the Earth in order to mine for gold. And I humans guess. don't like that <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> so, for a thousand years. A thousand uh, years. Yeah, humans are cavemen. They're an endangered species. And they eventually form like this little rebel brigade and fight back against the Rastafarian alien race that has encompassed the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they, they win. And that's the, that's the movie. Uh, but the decisions they make at every minute of this movie are just, oh, I just want to, like, I want to swim num, around num, in num, them. Num, num, num. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so the very first action in this movie, the first thing that occurs on screen is Barry Pepper in this giant braided wig, slow motion, <laughs> screaming, no, while throwing a bag of medicine into the sky that he had just thrown to somebody else and has magically reappeared in his hand. Oh, yeah. And it is one of four times in this movie that somebody yells, no, in slow motion. Absolutely. Like, the, the amount of slow motion overall probably doubled this movie in length. But there are so many slow motion uh, yelling sequences in which it's either one word or a word over and over again. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the good. The inexplicable slow motion. Did you write them down? Because I wrote them down. There's some just no, such, I did not. such good ones. So I just did a, a weird slow motion count. So there's some slow motion. I counted like, some other stuff. So we can Yeah, I also notes. did. Yes, there's many counts. <laughs> Uh, this is the sort of movie where, like, the writers and the editors had themes that they enjoyed returning to, whether or not they knew they were. It feels like this movie's edited in the way, you know, sometimes you'll, like, get a word stuck in your head, and, and then, like, you'll just use it in conversation over and over and yes. over again. It was, like, situation with you once, I think. Yes. Uh, yeah, bundle, situation. There's lots of words that I'll, I'll return to the well too many times. Right. And this movie has, like... 16 different ones of those that they just like interspersed throughout the movie so there's slow motion there's like a scene where aliens are just hanging around talking at a table and there's these periodic like slow motion shots of them smiling or frowning (laughs) yeah there's one point john travolta who we have to talk about hits his head on the ceiling and forrest whitaker just like smiles at that in slow motion uh john travolta asks barry pepper do you understand me it's in slow motion uh every time one of the aliens gets shot it's in slow motion it's just like it's unbelievable and a lot of times they'll do the in slow motion dialogue line but then they'll also repeat it a couple of times like an echo Mm -hmm. effect and it's it comes and goes at random just be like, do you know what I mean? What I mean? What I mean? Yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's so good. There, <laughs> it's so oh, good. Man. So, from the jump, this movie brings the heat. So, like, immediately after that Barry Pepper yelling no into the sky, he's in a his cave. His father is dead, yeah. His father's dead. He's in a cave talking about how, like, he's sort of a skeptic. He's like a smart caveman. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's trying to convince people there aren't demons. And he... He says, has anyone ever seen one? And he jumps around and does a 360. And he says, a demon? And he crouches like a frog. He says, a monster? A beast? And he screams into the sky. (laughs) Like, there's nothing. We're in in minute one of this movie. There's been nothing to earn this. It's just from the jump, bringing the heat. I love it so much. He's really, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's commanding the stage. Yeah. I... 
I, I could just keep talking, so please. Fa- fairly immediately, stop. you get to find out what said demon was. And I, there's a couple things I want to touch on here. So, first of all, Barry Pepper's character is, he, they refer to him as the greener. Yep. And then later define it as, like, a grass is always greener person. Yep. Like, he's yep. exploring the world. Except that he sure as hell hasn't been, because this tribe of cave people have been living in fear of the outside world and demons and it seems like when he ventures off on his own he's gone for like a couple of hours on his horse before he encounters an overgrown miniature golf course with a big dinosaur that's been scaring the shit out of everyone since living Mm -hmm. memory Mm -hmm. it took him like an afternoon to get there right they're they're not wandering more than like three city blocks uh they and, yeah. and, and also, like, uh, maybe a stone's throw from there, he ends up in a major metropolitan area. Yes. And yeah, solves all kinds of, of memories, of, of all kinds of mysteries about the history of man. It's... So, we don't learn his this character's real name. He's just Greener for a long time. About 40 minutes in, we learn that his name is Johnny. Yes. Do you know what this character's full name is? Okay, it's Johnny Goodboy something. <laughs> it's, it's Johnny Goodboy Tyler. He has a last name for no reason. No other character in this movie has a last name. Why would and his have middle a last name, name is Goodboy. He could basically be like horse guy. Like no, they're all cavemen and there's 30 of them. He could be named Clerg. Like the other ones don't have regular names. His name is Johnny Goodboy Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, like, even the alien race, of which there are, I mean, conceivably millions back on their yes. own planet, none of them have more than, like, a single-syllable first name. Right. See, so, there, there's another name that we have to talk about. Because uh, very early on, he's uh, he's leaving... This is before he's hit the mini-golf course. Uh, he's leaving his tribe. And this, this woman that he's clearly in a relationship with comes up and, like, tries to get him to take him with her or take her with him and he says i'm sorry i can't take you chrissy i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) this post-apocalyptic woman his name is chrissy could they not (laughs) it's like they're in like buckskins and their hair is in unintentional dreadlocks actually the most clean shaven cave people i've ever seen in my life oh yeah they're they're well bathed very well bathed but like, when they end up, spoiler, for the later part of the movie, in captivity, they're, like, basically a step above being monkeys. Like, these humans are all, like, ooga boga and, like, mm-hmm, acting mm-hmm. like they're human chimpanzees. But they're rocking names like Johnny Goodboy Tyler and Chrissy. Chrissy. Chrissy who hangs out to the mall with her friend Stephanie and Julie. Like, what the fuck, Chrissy? It's been a thousand years of darkness. Your name's Chrissy? Her name's Chrissy. Uh, Also, the one human woman in the world who must be so very busy. uh, It's... Like, yeah. It seems rough. All of humanity hinges on those fertile loins. Like... The worst. I understand that humanity is, like, at the edge of extinction in the fiction of this movie. She is the one human woman that you meet. Like, ever. Ever, 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 ever. ever, ever. In this entire movie. There's not even, like, an elderly one or a child around that seems like they could be a female child. Just a one human woman No, She's like all. the ant queen. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
God, there's so many nice, so many good things. Like when he hits the mini golf club, which again, it's been a thousand years. And this mini golf club is just like has some tall grass grown into it. It's uh, got some jungle vines. You know, it looks like it's been at least a few months of no landscaping. Exactly. Uh, he's attacked by these dudes with spears, and he picks up a mini golf club because that's the kind of decision that this movie makes. <laughs> it commits to the absurd. I'm sure that somebody in this movie knows they're making a like national lampoon comedy. Oh. I don't know, though. I mean, there's been a lot of talk after the movie was over, but it's, I can't decide how much they knew what they were making at the time. There's some words I'm just going to throw out there early on because we're going to have to talk about them a lot more later, but just words you hear in the script that you don't hear too much in life. Lousy, stinking, mm-hmm. crap. Like, mm-hmm. as in, this lousy plan was your stinking idea. How the crap should I know how it works? That is like <laughs> a line. It's definitely like edited for TV, but before they release the movie. And it's PG-13, like... You, you don't have to say shit if you want to, like, stay within the lines, but you can say hell. Right. <laughs> you can say anything that isn't just 1950 appropriate. This movie is adorable. It is. It's so cute. <laughs> it's uh, really cute. Yeah. You described it to me in a text message as a 1955 little boy's fantasy dream yeah made into like, a major I would motion be picture really proud of my like nephew who was 11 years old in 1955 who wrote this little cute script with a really imaginative storyline great job uh it was written by a man based on a mm-hmm. book written by a different man mm-hmm. in the now times yes uh written by l ron hubbard it's uh, like I, do you have a, a sense? I wasn't able to find like how much of this book is like re, is like religious scripture for Scientologists, or is it just like this is a different science fiction book that he wrote that's not the one that's true. I don't sci- know. Scientology scripture. I don't know because like it's so dense. So it seems like if he was going to write a thousand page book, that he would try to infuse some Scientology ideas, especially especially because this came out, um, the book came out in 1982, so it was, like, relatively right. more recent in terms of stuff that he did. But, like, I mean, I don't know. It's just so wacky. I will say that I have, on good authority, they only used, like, a third of the, the book that he wrote, so they were going to be two other sequels, allegedly. Right, And there right. were definitely plans for a second, which, <laughs> you know... Yeah. No one, no one uh, attached to those movies ever going to work in that town again, so <laughs> <laughs> that's just dead Except for Travolta, who just keeps bankrolling projects so he can be in them, which yeah. I think is such a power move. It's like a literal power move. Uh, so we're like, we're wandering with these cave people into this city. Yes. And it, we get the first of several, like, just straight up dad jokes. So he's explaining, like, one of the dudes is explaining, like, They used to drive chariots in front of special caves with golden arches, and the food would magically appear, Uh which is just like, it's totally like dad bedtime story, dad joke. And then later, you get uh, a thing about fucking that humans must have been dog servants, which is the like ultimate dad joke. It feels like a Seinfeld bit from 1990, and I'm pretty sure it is. It's just just these little cute throwaway lines. That's fair. That's cute. And then, uh, oh, 
so I've been wanting to ask you, like, you're a professional film editor, right? <laughs> the There are so many, like, craftsmanship questions I have about this movie because... Uh. Could you be referring to the split-screen transition, which I counted appears no fewer than 18 times, but I might, I might have missed a few times because, to be honest, it's just hard to remember to write it down when you get so used to seeing it. <laughs> like, and it happens in such quick succession. Like, it'll be like a scene, just a four-minute scene, real short, mm-hmm. in and out, and then split-screen wipe to the next scene. Maybe like a two-minute conversation, split-screen wipe, next scene. And just over and over again to the point where you're like, does this guy think that, like, George Lucas is going to sue him if he just does the, like, left-to-right, like, transition, but he does need you to know that he worked on a George Lucas film at one point in his life? Because that's where the director of this movie worked. He was a George Lucas guy for a little while. Yeah, I mean, this... For, for folks that, like aren't familiar with scene transitions. Uh, This is not a common one you see in movies. No. Like, it's very jarring. I made it in, like, sophomore year video editing class. Like, like, that's that level of professionalism. Like iMovie in the early 2000s when you had to, like, edit something, yeah, quickly together for a class project. It's a fucking PowerPoint transition. That's exactly what it is. It's a low-grade PowerPoint (laughs) transition. But that's not even what I was talking about, Michelle. I'm talking about the fucking color correction in this movie. Ugh. Like, the, you have whole scenes in just blue. Yeah. But not like Barry Jenkins making a point. It's just no. like they decided that all these characters are going to be in blue light for a while. And then these scenes in green light. And then just fucking darkness. And it's totally uncorrelated to anything happening on screen. Yeah. They're just playing with color like a fucking four-year-old. It's all over the map. Yeah, it's not like traffic where it's like, oh, well, we understand that in Alien World, it's always a dark blue kind of... Cyan. No, it's just literally every once in a while they like to play with primary colors. And it's so it's fun. It's imagination land. Yeah. Everything is so dark. I read <laughs> at some point that the cinematographer was frustrated that he had this giant movie, giant budget, and the smallest lighting budget he had ever encountered. <laughs> it's just so dark. That's, all the that's time. how it feels. That's how it feels for sure. If it's not daylight and they're not outdoors, you can bet that you're going to be squinting and going, which creepy guy is that? Because it's just one big creepy guy. Everyone looks the exact same. They all look like a bunch of nine-foot Rastafarians. Yeah. Well, yes and no. So let's talk about the aliens. Because that's about, we're about where you meet the aliens. They're called, I shit you not, Cyclos. Cyclos. Just like, like Psycho, but with an, with an L. Because it's written by a 12-year-old. Yes. And I love how this, how John Travolta squeezed this. So, like, every Cyclo but John Travolta looks like this sort of mix of, like, a Klingon with, like, ringworms living in their faces. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, like, really high foreheads. They do all have dreadlocks. Uh, and they all yeah. have these, like, crazy monster hands. But the faces are really distinct. They're really alien looking. Yeah. Except for John Travolta, who just has like fashion eyebrows and a goatee uh, and, and dreadlocks. But like, that's it. He's that's just it. a reg- he's like regular fucking stone cold Steve Austin goatee looking guy oh my God. with crazy monster hands. But that's it. Did you know that Kelly Preston is in this movie? 
Is she the tongue lady? Yes. Mm hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. Delivers the best line in the movie. Mm hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a look. They definitely, I think that, I get the sense that John Travolta probably wished he could have played like Johnny, good boy Tyler, but he was too old. So he had to he play had, the old ass ugly alien. And he's this like, the plan. Yeah, but like, I'm the hot old ass ugly alien. This was the plan. He was shopping this from like the moment the book came out to try to do it as a as yeah. a kid. Yeah, and then he aged out. But yeah. um Not yeah. gracefully. Not uh, gracefully. I uh, I also okay. I'm just gonna address this right now. I had I had this movie on DVD. I hadn't seen it until this afternoon, but I own it on DVD inexplicably, which means it comes with Lots of extras, lots of fun trivia, and, um, oh, where are we at here? Where are we at in my notes? So, he goes on, John Travolta is explaining how he, like, came up with the look, and he said that the, like, the makeup team, the costume team, the designer had, like, spent, you know, however long it takes to prepare a movie, months, conceivably, and they were two or three days away from shooting, and they did a screen test, and he didn't like it. And so they spent an additional four or five days just working on his costume. <laughs> and, like, and ultimately Sucks. the main part that he wasn't down with uh, was that he was not wearing leather pants. What? <laughs> like, they showed Wait. an earlier version Wait. of his costume, and it shows him on set getting everything put on. He's already got the crazy, like, get-up with the, hip, the giant forehead and the wig and the makeup, uh, except he's wearing this kind of, like, green, like, pseudo-military outfit. And apparently it took, like, four or five days of staying up with the crew till midnight doing all the screen testing for him to figure out that what he really wanted was a full leather outfit. And that's when they made the magic happen. Can you imagine he, how maddening it would be to work on this set? He's like, everyone's he's such really a on board. It was lunatic. all hands on deck. Like, I'll bet it fucking was, man. They were up till midnight. They just wanted to go home to their families. He's such a lunatic. What was the thing in Face Off about his, like his, uh, it was either his costume or his makeup. There was something like, or his hair, something like really specific. Uh, oh, I forget now. Yeah. Fuck, who knows? But yeah, he's a lunatic. He's out of his mind. The, so he, we should talk about his character because it's, it's, I guess, important to the like plot-ish. He's a like, he's the, he, he's the alien, he's the cyclo head of security on Earth, and he's really, like, really hoity-toity, really snobby, because he, like, went to good schools to become a big shot, big deal, taking over planets, uh, sort of a megalomaniac. He's got an and, accent that comes and goes. Sometimes it's Edwardian, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, I mean, he's he's turning in a, a completely baffling performance, but, I mean, <laughs> who would notice in this movie? Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, and he's... He's like, he's obsessed with gold. He's very greedy. He's really into leverage. Boy, howdy, so is he into, into the concept leverage. of leverage. He's talking oh. leverage all the time. It's his primary language. There's all this fucking, like, corporate, uh, <laughs> like, corporate retreat speak in this. I'm talking about the yeah. home office yeah. and maximizing production. The home, the home planet's government as home office. <laughs> it's just very best, silly. Best they could come up with. So, he... There's a wonderful scene where 
he's like he believes that he's going to be sent back to planet Cyclo. They're all called Cyclos, and they're from Cyclo. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, uh, well, one thing happens. A character comes in named Planet Ship, which is great. What? I didn't oh, catch yeah. that. <laughs> it's a character named Planet Ship. We later learn that his title is Planet Ship, which is funny on its own, but they just all call him Planet Ship. And Planet Ship has, I had to pause the screen, has, I shit you not, 14 chins. I paused it, and I counted one after the other. His face looks like he's melting, but into these, like, yes. fun ripples, like a yeah. like a glacier. Yeah. Uh, it's, mm, it's marvelous. Uh, so, they, <laughs> like, this, like, visiting dignitary from the main planet comes and tells John Travolta that he's not going to be, get to go back to Cyclo. And there's, there's two wonderful things that happen in yeah. this scene. One is that there are three different echoed lines. Yes. With endless options for renewal, with endless options for renewal, with endless options for renewal, and those options, of course, and those options, of course, and those options, of course, and then the senator has a lot of friends, has a lot of friends. Just like, no, no point, no reason. It's barely meaningful to the movie at all. And after the dude says endless options for renewal, he freezes mid-sentence, and then we get these, like, dozen good, the bad, and the ugly style quick face close-ups of various aliens sitting around the table just giving different reactions to the news, and you get each alien twice! (laughs) Yeah, and this movie makes a lot of good use of the the cartoon villain laughter. Just the... (laughs) Like, staccato... Non-fucking-stop. I started a list of John laugh. Travolta's weird staccato laugh, but there's there's so many of them. I yeah. got to five in the first thirty two minutes. It, like it just keeps going throughout the movie. Uh, it's totally inappropriate in every situation. He, no, it never makes sense. After there's a beautiful moment after John Travolta learns that he's got to stay on psych, on Earth forever. He uh, he orders three drinks. Uh, three like tall glasses yeah. of like a green ale and he like clutches them to his chest mm-hmm. like he's hugging his children Babies. and like meanders away it's <laughs> it's a beautiful moment yeah oh man he loves to drink he loves to drink what i'm guessing is a mixture of like mountain dew and hypnotic <laughs> It's a it's like a radioactive <laughs> beverage that comes in um you know those little like tubes that you you seal a document in and then you like send them up like the airvac tube thing to like in mm-hmm. big offices like a pepe yeah. sylvia situation <laughs> yeah that's like what they drink out of it's great because the future yeah uh, uh yeah, oh yeah so his character his character loves leverage and his character loves e- explaining what the concept of leverage teaching leverage to others especially forrest whitaker and then getting the upper hand all the mm-hmm. time Mm-hmm. The upper giant cartoonish hobbit witch hand. With an extra finger that never works. Because <laughs> it's just a vestigial pinky that kind of dangles off the side, like a big, meaty, hairy vestigial pinky. It's there. It's it, there. The costuming is just wild. Uh, so fun. So we haven't talked about Barry Pepper for a while. Uh, yeah. Barry Pepper is like, he's sort of a Christ-like figure. And he's... I guess he just sort of shows gumption, and so he ends up... I guess he, he tries to escape, and uh, somehow he ends up in a situation where, like, 
John Travolta decides he's going to teach him. He's going to put him in a learning machine and teach him how to learn everything so that he can, like, go mine gold for John Travolta, I guess. Uh, well, he first takes John Travolta and two other guys out to, like, the mountains somewhere in yes. order to teach them, uh, in order to have them mine for gold by hand with, mm-hmm. like, axes. Mm-hmm. Despite having no experience with this and despite being malnourished captive humans that have had mm-hmm. like one mouse between them in the last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Just it's like step one, bring three super hungry dudes out to the middle of nowhere. Step three, step two, teach one of them how to speak cyclo. Step three, profit. Yeah. So, oh, there's one thing. They're, so they're keeping cyclos are keeping all the humans hostage, uh, like enslaving them. And they give them army fatigue clothes. Like, all of the humans are dressed in just, like, Vietnam-era U.S. army fatigues. Top to bottom, across the board. They have been taken out of their, like, rags and given, like, pretty nice clothes, which I think is sweet. Yeah, it's Uh, nice. So, uh, (laughs) so, yeah, the... The the, the, um, language machine. That's where The language machine. (laughs) The learning machine. So it doesn't... They initially say it's going to teach them language. But in fact, it teaches him all of human knowledge. Everything. Which, which is fun. There's a lot. It teaches him math. It teaches him molecular biology. It teaches him engineering. It, it teaches Barry Pepper everything. Yeah. And Travolta takes Barry Pepper to a giant library in Aspen, which is funny on its own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's a large copy. Has the large copy of the Declaration of Independence, which has lasted a thousand years in open air. Fine, whatever. Like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't just scientifically make sense. And Barry Pepper can read all of it, which means he can read English, which means the machine taught him to read English, which means that Cyclos know how to read English, which means that, like, Travolta had this plan of, like, releasing them into the wild to learn their favorite food because nobody knew what humans like to eat. Uh, and so he, like, decides that, he, that they like to eat rat because everybody's an idiot. But, like... <laughs> The cyclos know how to read human English. They taught it to Barry Pepper. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they know, they have all knowledge. Barry Pepper knows about Fort Knox, which yeah. means that the cyclos know about Fort Knox, which is an untapped supply of gold mined <laughs> in this movie. The cyclos just decide that they don't know about. Yeah, it's like the language machine taught Barry Pepper everything there is to know about his own species and planet, and it was like homework that an entire alien race was like, eh, I'll get to it tomorrow, even though it, we programmed this ourselves. And it's, it takes a person a minute to learn everything. It yeah, is like you get an laser beams of pictures machine. into your eyeballs, and then you know it. It is, a, it is an instantaneous learning machine that also, like, it clearly can teach a person any language. It knows human English, right? It teaches human English. Yeah. But no cyclo has decided that they should learn human language to be able to communicate with the slaves. Not like, at all. In fact, not at Barry all. Pepper has to be an interpreter for John Travolta's character at a certain point in the movie. Which, just just Perfect. totally pointless. Uh, Perfect job. And, and then... You know what uh, it is, Henry? Is it's a with, real rat brain move on there. It's a real, it's a real rat brain <laughs> reference. It, it's yeah, it's all of these like fucking nineteen fifties church slang, church if, words. If the drinking game for this movie was only man animal and rat brain, 
<laughs> color me hammered. Like that's all you need. It's literally like every other minute, right. one of those phrases. <laughs> the aliens call humans man animals, which is uh, whatever. Uh, so Barry Pepper, like I forget why this happens exactly, but Travolta takes Barry Pepper and a couple other of the like cave dudes down to this uh, this farm, and Travolta just shoots the legs off of cows. Oh my like, god, it's the best. He's like. I went to a special school, and I have the best, like, I can shoot someone at a thousand paces with my blah, blah, blah accuracy. And then to illustrate this point, I'm not sure why there are still cows on this planet after what was probably a nuclear holocaust, but then he just levels, like, 12 cows with his laser gun. But by shooting the legs off of them. Yeah, it's the best. (laughs) It's like a fucking carnival ride. Just over uh, and over and over again. And which, by the way, you don't see it really because there is no blood or violence in this movie. It's all implied off There is no blood. There's a lot of dismemberment and absolutely no blood. Uh, no. So then, like, there's, like, sort of a brief quasi-insurrection. Travolta seems like the humans have the upper hand. And then just Barry Pepper gives him his gun back. Uh, who knows why. And... Uh, and then Travolta kills a guy, and then we smash cut to I love this scene back in the like the human cyclo prison. So they all walk back into their cages. Yes. And Barry Pepper is already there. He's hitting his head against the bars. Mm-hmm. And one of his friends comes up and tells him that it was right to give the gun back to Travolta. And then all the friends say they want to fight. And then Barry Pepper pulls a huge arrowhead out of his sleeve, cuts off a that. We don't see why it got there. He just has a giant arrowhead in his sleeve, cuts off a lock of hair, and hands it to his redheaded friend. And then some totally random character outside of this group announces that Barry Pepper knows how to speak the cyclo language and is going to help them fight. These are not mentioned or evidenced in the conversation beforehand, and clearly Barry Pepper just got there. It's, and then, it's like a, it's like this movie's equivalent of like, extra, extra, read all about <laughs> it. Just like, it's a guy clinging to a wall saying, this guy speaks Cyclo, and he's going to help us. And then But how does he know? How does no, that come I, up? Barry Pepper hasn't said anything to anybody. Hive mind, baby. <laughs> and then all the humans <laughs> climb the cages and bark like monkeys. It's so Yeah, they good. do. They make a lot of monkey sounds. It's great. Uh, um, how did you feel about the CGI in this movie? Well, which part of it? There's some aspects of it I really like. There's some aspects of it I don't. Uh, let's d- just uh, let's just get your overall impressions. Well, there's and a do lot keep of in like... mind this movie came out a little after The Matrix. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh no! Huh? There's there's a lot of like off-brand Blade Runner stuff they're doing, but it definitely looks like those, like, early Pixar animations before they animate the animations over it, where you're just getting, like, the outline of Woody and Buzz. It's like that, but that's what they've rendered for their movie. It's a little screensavery. A little bit like, like you know, that 90s, early 2000s kind of screensaver that's like a lot of like geometric shapes and maybe you're going through some kind of like octagonal tunnel. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then just monochromatic. All purple. All the time. It's so much purple. I mean, it's not good. 
I would never say it's good. I would say that it is endearing. Because it, it adds to... There's there's some resonances between this and Baby Geniuses 2. Uh, <laughs> the Legend of Big Kahuna. Like... <laughs> I always forget about that subtitle. Subtitle's the best part. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of... I mean, somebody did some work on this. I will grant that somebody did some work on this, but nobody got it to like a professional finish line. No. It's all beta cut. It's storyboarded. Uh, it's story right. Uh, it's it's not good, but it's uh, it's endearing. Yeah, it's really it is. It's cute. It's like um, there's those movies where they're so big and flashy and expensive looking that. Like, that is its own stupid thing. Like, oh, here's where all the money went, and it's fun to look at, even though it makes no sense. And then there's this terrible plot. Like, stealth. When we watch stealth, the, the mm-hmm. special effects are pretty good, and then everything mm-hmm. else is just, like, written the night before it was due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has a just, like, everyone tried their best, and everyone did a really weird job, but they had to keep it in. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's... much work and, and heart. <laughs> the... Yeah, so now I think, at least in my notes, we have arrived at the introduction, the brief cameo of Kelly Preston. Ugh, okay. Would you like to to do the honors on this one? Yeah, so Kelly Preston is like this bald, sexy alien, and uh, and John Travolta is explaining to Forrest Whitaker why she's um, handy, and... I forget everything that he says. I wrote it down if you if you need. Yeah, yeah. G- give it. Give me the pitch to sell Travolta. She's she's smart enough not to ask questions. Hmm. She gets drunk with economical speed, and she has other advantages. Cut to Kelly Preston, who an enormous tongue snakes <laughs> out of her mouth, and then she says the following things: "I'm going to make you as happy as a psych." A cyclo baby on a straight diet of perbango. <laughs> and then she just licks him all over his body with her all big giant body. snake tongue. And that's, yeah. that's the scene. It is. It did make me wonder some questions that I wish I didn't wonder. Me too. Which is, it opens up a lot of questions about the like genitalia mm-hmm. of the cyclos. <laughs> In, like, this world, it's very advantageous for the female of the species to have a really long, proboscis-like tongue. A giant prehensile tongue. (laughs) It begs the question, uh, what crevices? How many crevices? I I don't want to think about it, but your mind can't not go there. It's important to explain the length of this tongue. It is like a human arm emerges from her mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, like, wrist to elbow. That's like yeah. a... Yeah, yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Uh, but out of out of her mouth. It's not... It's uh, And then all over the screen, just... All over the... Yeah. All over his body and all through my memory. It's pretty great. God, I'm uh, so happy that was Kelly Preston. God rest her soul. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what a performance. So, Travolta... Then takes, after training Barry Pepper on everything, mm-hmm. takes Barry Pepper and a bunch of other humans to this mountain somewhere to mine gold. And says, I'm going to be watching you, so don't do anything bad. And then goes away, and Barry Pepper and the humans proceed to fly all over the continental United States. Yeah. From Colorado to Washington, D.C. To, to Kentucky Texas. to Texas. Like... <laughs> Everywhere. 
In a matter of seconds, too. Like, he, okay, so also Barry Pepper gets a rudimentary, um, like, an aviation simulator run-through, and he does a bad job one time, and then they're like, we're going to kill you if you don't do a better job, and then he does a good job the next time, and then mm-hmm. he's a pilot of a plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that happens a like couple that. times in this. That happens a couple times in this. It's not just Barry Pepper. It's anybody that takes a brief flight simulation course yes. can pilot a giant plane successfully. Yeah, it works that way for all the cave people. They all mm-hmm. immediately just uh, ingest and absorb this inherent knowledge that every human has, like, dwelling inside their core, <laughs> which is how to operate a fighter jet <laughs> and traverse the whole country in it. So... <laughs> yeah, so they yeah, break man. into Fort Knox so they can steal a bunch of bars of gold. Right, that like, the aliens, again, don't know about, despite having all human knowledge... And, like, we're not even going to, like, I don't even feel like scratching the surface of why it is so imperative that an alien race get precious minerals and why they need gold and why they can't use all their crazy advanced technology to mine this gold, but they need, like, three weak human men to do it Mm -hmm. by hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) with, like, chisels. Uh, yeah, so then they, they make the order. They get a billion bars of gold, and John Travolta's super pissed. He's like, I didn't know you knew how to smelt gold. Well, if you had to, if you're going to smelt gold that quickly, then I want twice the order, because everyone in this movie is dumb. Mm-hmm. It's baffling. Uh, so Barry Pepper starts, like, explaining his plan to every every other human there, yeah. like his, which is, it's completely inscrutable. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, but like once the plan is communicated, every human being from then through the end of the movie just says piece of cake to each other over <laughs> and over and over again. Yeah. But like like fucking Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. It's just yeah. piece of cake, piece of cake, piece of cake, piece of cake. <laughs> like I'm not exaggerating. That's how they talk for the rest of the movie. If okay. Yeah. It's rat brain. It's piece of cake. It's saying crap all the time. It's saying that things are lousy. It's uh, it's John Travolta going straight for the throat every time he needs to exert his physical dominance. It's just mm-hmm. his big six-fingered paw grabbing dudes by the throat left and right. Like, <laughs> guys, protect the throat. You've watched what he did the last six times in a row in front of your eyes. They love to rip They get stuck on a phrase. I feel like it's maybe that um, when you, like, when a word stops having any meaning... So you just right. say it, like, compulsively, just because mm-hmm. the sound needs mm-hmm. to come out of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, then the, like, then they they set it off. They're doing the, I want to say heist. It's not a heist. It's a rebellion. Yeah. Uh, and Chrissy, who's there, pulls Barry Pepper Chrissy. aside. It's Chrissy. Chrissy. And, and, you know, uh, flicks her pigtails back or whatever mm-hmm. and says, I know you don't believe in fate. But I've always known this would be your destiny. I'm sorry, Chrissy. You've always known that Barry Pepper, who never left your cave, that also you never left, would lead a revolt against the aliens that you didn't know existed. Chrissy, (laughs) Chrissy, Chrissy. what are you hiding from us? (laughs) Chrissy, Chrissy, (laughs) Chrissy. Oh, man. It's so good. Oh, let's return very briefly to this DVD box that I found Ooh, yes. Uh, yes, hiding in my house. Yes, please. And first of all, 
top of, top of the back of the box, before you even begin to read the little blurb they give you about the movie, is a quote about the movie. <clears throat> <laughs> Great scene transitions. What? That's how it starts. That's how no review of any movie has started that way. <laughs> no I, fucking I way to, I had to pause the movie I was absentmindedly gazing at the back of the box And I started laughing too hard And I couldn't focus on the movie <laughs> Oh god Great scene transitions And some of the better special effects of the year The film was, the film was fast Furious And just a good old time at theaters Joe Blow's movie Emporium. <laughs> <laughs> Who's what? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> also, did this movie come out before or after The Fast and the Furious? <laughs> I need to know. Uh, okay. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> Oh, my God. I've never heard any movie, good or bad, be described as something with great scene transitions. Just, who paid this person to say this thing? Maybe he's the creator of PowerPoint. (laughs) Great use of my software in every scene. (laughs) That is unreal. Also, only quote that appears on this box about the movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have a lot to, to pick from. It doesn't even have a tagline. It only has that quote. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see what this movie has to say for itself. <clears throat> Loaded with edge-of-your-seat action and extremely cool special effects. <laughs> it's such a dad movie, man. I know. Oh. Oh. Battlefield Earth creates a totally new style of science fiction filmmaking. Sure. True. Earth. It is the year 3000. Man is an endangered species. This this original and innovative saga of alien conquest and human rebellion is filled with humor, adventure, and jeopardy, mixed with special effects that are completely real. Oh my god. <laughs> what does it mean? Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> Mixed with special effects that are completely real, combined together for an explosive and highly entertaining movie that will leave you exhausted. <laughs> um, last part. In a role as you've never seen him, John Travolta stars as the cruelly destructive Turl. Barry Pepper is Earth's fiery rebel leader. Johnny Goodboy Tyler and Forrest Whitaker as... Oh, they phrased that weird. Okay, as the rebel leader, Johnny Goodboy Tyler, and Forrest Whitaker as Turl's hilarious and deceptive assistant, Kerr. Hilarious. Hilarious. Is he the comic relief? I don't... I didn't know that. I... I mean, there's... There's some funny things that he does. It didn't strike me as intentional. Uh... There's, like, one line where he's, like, talking about all his wives, and he's like, I'm, with this money, I'm going to buy new wives. Maybe I'll get pretty ones this time. I was like, is that the... Is that, are, is that, the, is that a goof? Are those he the does, 
he does do some funny shit. I was just about to get to, like, this is sort of the point in the movie, as the rebellion sets off, I'm like, I kind of think they know they're making a comedy. Because hmm. Travolta uh, shoots off Forrest Whitaker's hand, just shoots it clean off, no blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Forrest Whitaker, like, drops his head and slinks away like George Michael Bluth in Arrested Development. Yeah. And and then, like, shortly thereafter, they were in the middle of the rebellion, and some guy radios Barry Pepper and says, Five guards from the south, heavily armed and moving fast. And then the camera cuts to five aliens walking like they're traveling through jelly. Like they're AT-ATs on Hoth. Like just barely moving at all. I mean, they're on stilts and they're wearing giant boots. There's no way a nine-foot human rigged out with that much stuff could move faster than an old lady's walking speed. Moving fast. physically impossible. (sighs) Oh, yeah, um... I mean, the movie ends with them destroying the aliens. Do we want to talk about how that happens? It's I mean, just a, it's a lot of explosions. It's a lot of explosions. There is, so, a, like, a big, there's, like, two big parts of the the plan. One is yeah. that they're going to explode the, I, like, the dome of, that's overcasing the city that they're in, I guess. I didn't even know yeah. they're in a city. It's fine. Who cares? And that's going to, like, suffocate the aliens, because they they won't be able to breathe the air. Yeah. And and then they're gonna like teleport a nuclear bomb into the aliens' world. Yes. And then they they do break the ceiling and like shatter the the dome. Mm-hmm. But the alien like I feel like at that point they have forgot the movie itself has forgotten the plan because yeah. the the dome does kill the aliens, but just by crushing them with falling rocks. Like, they never yeah. return to the air at all. It's a visual medium. It's not hard to watch something gasp for air. But, like, it's, they just forget it. They're just like, we're just going to crush them with ice, with yeah. big big glass rocks. And then somehow the the nuclear bomb gets to the, the alien world. But also gonna, totally not explained. Like I was going to ask, like, did you figure out how there's suddenly, there's, like, a guy who's in another alien planet just rigged out with, like, nuclear explosive gear? Did you, you well, didn't they, see how this happened? I didn't they, see how it happened. Well, they, I thought they, I was losing my mind. They explain how it's going to happen, but then John Travolta stops it from happening, and then he's suddenly there anyway. Yeah. And then he like, blows up an entire planet. Yes. Very, very quickly. Very quickly. It vaporizes the planet. It's just gone. It just disappears. That is it. That's a wrap on uh, on Cyclo. Cy- Cyclo. Cyclo is the name of the planet as well as the human race. Or as well as yes. the alien race. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 So, and then the movie ends with Barry Pepper. With a, hmm. Yeah, I guess Barry Pepper is now like king of the world, sort of. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is head Cyclo, which I guess is a new position. Mm-hmm. And John Travolta is just locked in Fort Knox, and that's the end of the movie. And fucking the movie slaps. I loved it so much. Oh my god, it's so good. There's a scene earlier in the movie that I forgot, and it has nothing to do with really the plot. But um, <laughs> John Travolta uh, takes Chrissy out from like her little like like a little captive chamber, and he's like testing Barry Pepper. Like, dude, what do you think about this? And he's trying to be like, oh, I've never seen her before in my life. Like. 
yeah, then why do I have this? And he pulls out of her pocket this crude little, like, charcoal drawing of a human (laughs) that's supposed to indicate, like, see, clearly you, you guys have met before. It, It couldn't be more of, like, a pictograph-style interpretation of a human face. And it's just details like these that ultimately, I mean, this movie is the best. It's the best movie. It's so good. So we've never done this because it's always felt pointless with these bad movies to go into the plot holes section of IMDb. Okay. However, this movie... The plot holes identified themselves. We've talked about a lot of them. But, like, watching the people go through the journey of writing this is very fun for me. So it starts out with, pardon me, there are jets in this movie. I'm just going to start reading from here. Uh, Jet fuel has a shelf life of about four years. A fully fueled jet uh, found after a thousand years wouldn't even be able to start, much less take off and fly. Uh, the batteries on those handheld radios used in the final battle would have not maintained a charge after a thousand years. After a thousand years of enslaving humans, cyclos have no knowledge of humans, including the basics of culture, language, or food. In the remains of Denver, ruined for a thousand years, Johnny finds books in good condition, despite being in the open air, cars with still pressurized tires, and wrecked buildings with completely intact glass windows. Uh, where does the power supply to supply the electrical devices in the bomber base come from? During the third act, the humans keep repeating the phrase piece of cake, despite probably having no idea what a cake is. Uh, the, the movie claims that gold is the most precious metal the aliens are after. After a quick study of Earth economies before the destruction of the planet would have revealed that central banks store gold as countervalue to issue currency. Instead of plundering these depositories, the aliens resort to a laborious mining technique and ignored the stored gold for a thousand years. In spite of the total breakdown of society, where much of the present-day knowledge has not been passed to the film's present day, the man-animals speak perfectly constructed English, including more complex tenses and regular verbs. Well, I think that's... Yeah. Uh, you can set, you can set that aside. splice hairs here. Oh, uh, my goodness. Turl tells Johnny that soldiers with their technology only lasted nine minutes against the Cyclos, yet untrained cavemen were able to defeat them using the same technology, which had been sitting unmaintained for a thousand years. <laughs> Much is made of the alleged inability of man-animals to mine, yet there is a scene in which many of them are seen operating a forge, which requires know-how exceeding the simple act of digging for gold. There's so many things. There's so much more. Uh, There's no reason the vault at Fort Knox would have been left open. That's totally true. (laughs) It's totally true. Why would any of it be any of it? Uh, Like, a gun wouldn't be able to shoot, let alone, like, jet fuel maintaining for... Yeah, this is the... L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction icon. Yes. Embarrassing. Uh, oh, uh, evidently during the movie, the special effects crew couldn't decide how many fingers the cyclo should have. Depending on the cyclo character, some of them have hands with five fingers and some with six, though it's argued that one hand has five and the other has six. Oh Turtle's right hand changes between six and five fingers several times between scenes. That is the best. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? It was probably during that weird period of time where he was going back and forth and doing all these screen tests and changing his mind about the costume. <sighs> Those fingers, man. Those are fun to look at. The, uh... 
The plot keywords are really different for this movie. Hmm. There are 238 of them. False. And and they're just they're just really different. Uh, the first one is bad acting, which I think is like one of the better landed of any plot keyword. Mm-hmm. Stupidity is the second. Uh, <laughs> arm blown off is the third. And then let's just let's just get start going down here. Huh. Uh, long tongue, Scientology, yes. dreadlocks, severed arm, necklace bomb, mm-hmm. biodome, yeah. head blown off, punched in the face, cattle prod, abandoned shopping mall, exploding body, bare chested male. We got it. Exploitation, yeah, it uh, caged human, water hose. Uh, Water hose. Water hose is water hose. Call that. I just like the notion of like I need to find what movies have water hoses in them. Uh, <laughs> elongated cry of no. Uh, yeah. Alien race oppression destruction of planet gold reserve final battle Christ allegory uh, post apocalypse gold bar death of father death of friend based on novel male alien little boy blue. Um. Um. Uh. 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 Who's, who's <laughs> is to it say? A trap? Who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? I suppose there's a lot of talking going on that I may have yeah. missed. Maybe it was said in Cyclob. Yeah. Uh, disarming someone, which I think is pretty funny uh, for how this movie goes down at the end. Uh, yeah. Altered version of studio logo. Oh, sure, I get oh, insider information going on I, there. I suppose. I, I guess. I guess. Uh, montage is fun. Evil laughter. Foot chase. No opening credits. Walkie talkie. Black sure. comedy. Hmm? No. No. Uh, slow motion scene. Yes. Hmm. Double cross. Double cross is fun. I guess there's a double cross. Is there? At the beginning, kinda. Sure. And Forrest Whitaker tries to double cross Travolta, but he gets caught. Sure. Uh, tied to a chair. Voyager Golden Record. What? Voyager Golden Voyager Record. Voyager Golden Record. I don't know what that means. I don't know nor, what that series of words Nor means. I. Nor I. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Aww. Okay. Just, just uh, Travolta words at this point. I, I guess. I guess so. Uh, film starts with text. Correct. Fictional war, which is a, it's just a funny thing to put in a movie. Earth in the balance, self-sacrifice, machine gun, domed city, declaration of independence, mm-hmm. not wrong, uh, year in title. I think there's some version of this where there's a subtitle and it's like something about the year 3000. Is there? Okay. Uh, cow, correct, totally. White. Cow is definitely in this movie. There Denver, a Colorado. presence of cow. Uh, the last four are very strong. Surprise ending. Is, is there? No, no. No, absolutely not. Uh, cover up. Fight the system. Sure, man. Social commentary. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. This person's like, I, I can dig deeper if you need me to. I will watch it twice and find some metaphors. Speaking really quickly, I do want to get to parental warning, but there are special features on this DVD. Oh, please. And um, and so, like, there's some interviews with, with like, John Travolta and the director of this movie, Roger Christian. Um, 
first of all, Roger Christian, I read the script and I liked it enormously. Very, very powerful story, which is unusual for these movies and certainly set in a very realistic world. Okay. So just right out the gate, just Great. being yeah. a liar. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then he attempts to figure out what like theme means, and it's a fun journey. <laughs> Primitive man are t- treated by the cyclos like animals. They're kept in cages like a zoo, which is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't explain the metaphor. Again, uh, just is a metaphor. The, great, is a metaphor. Again, the great underlying theme of the movie, which is you put people in cages, they stay there. But when one what? of them fi- <laughs> figures out that there's more to it than this, then you can take the next step up. <laughs> that's uh, the theme. That's the theme. He really nailed it, and that's the theme. <laughs> Um, also, just, I just feel, I feel so bad for John Travolta. No major studio would take this movie. Like, no one would touch it, because Scientology nonsense. Like, it's, it was produced by, like, an independent thing called, uh, it's got, like, a fake-sounding name, Franchise Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, we're, fran- we're Franchise Pictures. <laughs> the, the, the Entertainment Incorporated. Just don't don't try to find our office because it's not there. Just <laughs> sure, kidding. Don't Google us. Is. Please do not Google us. <laughs> Here's my business card. It's a drawing of my face. Um, this is John Travolta talking about his own movie. Poor guy. Everyone underestimated the heat of the project, and suddenly, from out of the woodwork, came everyone who was super important to the genre and who wanted to be attached to Battlefield Earth. It just none mm. of that happened, and this. Mm. Poor I mean, guy. Poor dude. Poor, poor dude. Guy. But uh, A for effort. He put five mil of his own money into this movie, so there's always Jesus. that. Yeah, I mean, clearly it was a passion project for him. Oh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what I love about the parental, not a ton of surprise in the parent's guide, okay. except much like uh, the the plot holes, like you can feel the people writing it in a different way. Uh, so there's there's some where I think it's actually it starts off pretty legit uh, sex and nudity there are a couple implications that the female alien cyclos are only treated like sex objects I think that that's true that's true. that's cogent uh, concubines are briefly mentioned by the main villain cogent mm-hmm. uh, it is implied the main villain alien villain has a sexual relationship with the senator's daughter sure okay oh yeah uh, an alien woman sticks out an unnaturally long tongue and licks a man's cheek in a suggestive manner I suppose. Few minor kissing scenes. I think that's funny that's in there at all. Uh, a fair amount of explosions and gunshots with some spontaneous deaths and a clear view of some dead bodies. Little to no blood. Correct. Yeah. Uh, profanity. Some occasional profanity like damn, hell, and crap. Uh, Turl says, well, I'll be damned in one scene. I did notice when they said hell at one point because it was the only thing that approached a real swear word in this movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not going to count crap. Absolutely not. I call bullshit. So, so we start getting into the good territory from here. Uh, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. The main villains, Turl and his uh, clerk named Kurt, get intoxicated in a handful of scenes. Yes. Yeah. Some characters smoke cigarettes in some scenes. I don't believe that's true, but it's fine. That. The next line reads as, there are so many scenes in which Turl and his friends drink green alien alcoholic beverages at a bar. Next. Uh, 
the CGI is terrible, so that might unsettle some people. <laughs> now you're just being mean. <laughs> it's just mean. It just gets really mean. I love it. Uh, you can tell they run out of things that are legitimately offensive because this movie is so, so PG. And now they're just taking their frustration at having watched it out on Which IMDb. I totally feel. I get it. I'm absolutely there with them. Yeah. What is a Dutch angle? Oh, so a Dutch angle is the only angle they employ during this entire movie. Uh, it's that canted camera angle where you're looking mm. at everything as if your head was like sideways. Okay. I Another drinking rule for this game could be anytime you don't see that, because <laughs> then you would only have to take two or three drinks and give mm-hmm. yourself a little break from uh, the like... I, I kept seeing finding my head like tilting to the side as I was watching it just so that it would like look like a regular movie. Huh. Every single shot. Except yeah. like the big panoramic ones. Yeah, that okay. That 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 that, that, that tracks. Baffling. The, and the cinematographer was kind of pissed about it because that was not his decision. It seems miserable. It's uh, so shitty. It looks so bad. It looks so, the whole thing. It's terrible. My favorite trivia. The, of all the trivia about this, mm-hmm. is a, a Battlefield Earth 2 was planned and set for a 2003 release so it could compete with Star Wars Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Fuck yeah. It's so dope. Abandoned, clearly, because it was, <laughs> this yeah. thing was never getting off the ground. But planned to compete with Attack of the Clones, which is not a good movie, but it's fucking Star Wars. Star what are Wars. you thinking? Yeah, so John Travolta knows George Lucas, and George Lucas apparently passed along one of his people. So the guy who directed this movie is the second AD on a bunch of old Star Wars shit and George mm-hmm. Lucas things. Mm-hmm. And apparently he called him up like, have I got the guy for you? <clears throat> so he was like supportive of the project, which makes it even funnier that John Travolta at that point was like, and then... Coming for you, Lucas. That's Shooting so high. Also planned an animated series as a follow-up. That's no. yes. 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 It's so good. This movie should have been an animated movie. Um, also, John Travolta first asked Tarantino to direct it. Can God. you imagine? Oh, I would. I mean, could he do it now? Yeah, can he just do it? Come on. We're remaking everything. Fucking remake this. It'd be great. Come on. This movie swept the Razzies. It got seven. It got the most ever, but tied with Showgirls. And um, apparently Barry Pepper said later that he would have accepted his in person if he had known that he was going to win. And yeah. uh, there are a few people attached to the movie that definitely did some shit talking after it wrapped, which is like, yeah. At least you knew what movie you were in. Forrest Whitaker was not on board. He just he made a couple mild comments about it, but nothing right. like raking it too much over the coals. Because I think everyone felt bad. Yeah, I mean it seems it seems very bad. Uh, the so there's two things, and I'm just scrolling through trivia because of course. Yeah. Uh, two things I'm learning about the script. One, mm-hmm. the script originally had the cyclos jumping into vats of oil, and this was just changed to them lounging around. Like that, that's amazing. It's incredible. The second the script is the script is had to change hands. The original writer of the script got fired because he wouldn't change all this crazy shit in it. So then they had a different guy rewrite it. I, God, I'm very curious about the original. Uh, yeah. 
what was not in the original script apparently was the Kelly Preston scene that John Travolta and Kelly Preston wrote themselves. Whoa. Talk about a passion project, a marital passion project, no less. Where your wife unfurls her giant tongue and licks her face to suggestively... Yeah. Uh, suggest your other alien genitals. Uh. I mean, she, was, she wasn't just on board. She was the auteur of this particular endeavor. Yeah, um... So, J, the guy, J.D. Shapiro, who wrote this film... Mm-hmm. He said in, that it originally was something totally different and like kind of more gritty and like a rough sci-fi thing. And then when he got the rewrite, he was like, this is insane. And you've taken out all these major characters and you've like rewritten all the dialogue. I don't want it to be like this. And so they fired him. And then he wrote this open letter about 10 years after the movie came out after receiving a Razzie for like worst screenplay of the decade. And uh, he pinned it to the New York Post. It says, I pinned the suckiest movie ever. Sorry. And then it just starts out really strong. Let me start by apologizing to anyone who went to see Battlefield Earth. It wasn't as I intended, I promise. No one sets out to make a train wreck. Actually, comparing it to a train wreck isn't really fair to train wrecks because people (laughs) actually want to watch those. (laughs) And it's just, it's so great. Yeah, he had a fun time writing it. I think he probably had a really rough time having his name be associated with this movie. And as far as this DVD box has to say about it, his name did get pulled, so he successfully disassociated himself a little bit. But the dialogue's like far and away one of the worst parts. You know what he wanted to be credited as, right? Huh? Yeah, he wanted to. He did not want his name in here. No, he wanted to be credited as Sir Nick Knack for this movie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. It's very good. Mm hmm. Everything about this movie is a fucking ace. It's great. Why would anybody not want to be associated with it? It's marvelous. Top to bottom, it's so much fun. One of my favorite things, too, and this is one of those little trivias that you can find, uh, they tried to... Basically, the studio that sounds like a fake studio that's like franchise pictures is a total scam studio because they they claimed the movie cost 75 million dollars to make in order to like scam investors and like draw people in and it only costs like 40 million dollars to <laughs> make like the producers whoa yeah so they did that and then an fbi investigation busted them and the studio had to pay 120 million dollars in damages what what? They got sued big time and like went bankrupt a few years later. Like they're, they're, they go bye bye. <laughs> this movie got busted by the FBI. By the That's FBI. That's amazing. Yeah. How great That's is that? Fabu- That's fabulous. It did not make much. It made like 20, between, it's hard to get a clear number, 20 to 28 million, somewhere in that zone. But I'm sure they spent that all on marketing and advertising. They couldn't have made any money on this movie. No, it just, I can't it just imagine. really see. And then, like, poor, okay, other thing. David Miscavige, Scientology dude, um, mm-hmm. apparently, according to a couple people that have, like, you know, defectors of Scientology that were later in Going Clear, they've been interviewed and cited as saying that David Miscavige oversaw all the dailies. So he was getting, like, all the footage pretty constantly and had a bunch of, like, input, directorial input. That's how you ruin a movie. It's great. And then poor Travolta got blamed for the failure of this film and just got raked over the fucking coals because David Miscavige apparently said he took too big of a salary and that's what the movie failed. <laughs> he also <laughs> took a salary cut to make this movie, right? And put five million of his own money in it. I know, it's such a dick. Poor guy. <sighs> oh, man. 
I loved it. I had a great I, time. I yeah, mean, it's two hours. It's, like, it's a little long in the tooth, but it's time well barely. spent I mean, like, watch com- a bad movie. Compared to some of the other shit we watched for this, like, most of the time, this is a fun... Like, this is fun because it's sort of a fun intellectual exercise of, like, trying to pick apart a bad movie and find, you know, the, the little nuggets. Yeah. This is just, like... I would watch this in a theater for no, like, no reason but just eat some popcorn and fucking veg out on some rollicking good time. This is, I'm not going to say it's a good movie, because it's a fucking terrible movie, but it is a fun-ass movie. It's got laugh-out-loud moments. How how often do you get that? It's so funny. It's so funny without meaning to be a lot of the time, and, like, all the choices, the -the over-the-top score for the movie that just, like, Lion King, like, orchestral music will just swell for no Mm -hmm. reason and create a dramatic moment. There's terrible transitions. All the dialogue's crazy. The acting is, like, pantomime acting. It's, like, (laughs) the best. There's no part of this that reads like a Hollywood film because franchise pictures. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Passion if you were, project. if you were gonna be somebody in this, ooh. I mean, all right, hear me out. This is a gross choice, but is I it gonna be Chrissy? Want- I might want to be Long Tongue Kelly Preston just because I've got questions. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you'd learn a lot. You'd learn a lot. (laughs) Who do you pick? Oh, shit. Uh, Fuck, I didn't even think about it before I asked. Uh, Mm. uh, uh. I think I'd pick the guy that tells everybody else in the cage about Barry Pepper because he he has fucking incredible insight. Yeah, he's like omnipotent. I want that level of omnipotence, exactly. Yeah. I don't have to sit in a chamber. I don't have to learn shit. I want to just know everything by default. That's what I want. I want to be that guy. Yeah. That guy was, like, maybe the dude that wrote the script. <laughs> yeah. Something. Wouldn't that be the best? Just give yourself a little role in the movie where you explain part of the movie that you have no right to know, except that, <laughs> of course, you do. Right, because you're pulling the strings. Because you're the puppet master. What I a ride. This. I love this. I recommend. I recommend a person watch this. We don't always do that, but like, fucking stop what you're doing. Watch Battlefield Earth. Get some friends yeah, together. It's honestly, great. Honestly, watch Battlefield Earth. Like, it destroyed a bunch of careers, but it's such a romp. It's yeah. just a romp. And you can watch it for free on Tubi, which is how I watched it. It took me like an hour longer than it should have, but I watched it for free. Or, or you just DM me your address, and I'll mail you this <laughs> DVD, and we'll start a DVD mailing train during quarantine. <laughs> And then you, too, can watch all these extras and read the back of this box loaded with edge-of-your-seat action and cool special effects that are totally real. Totally real. <laughs> God, can you just read the, the first quote again, please? I, sh- I sure can. <clears throat> Great scene transitions and some of the better special effects of the year. This film was fast, furious, and just a good old time at theaters. Joe Blow's Movie Emporium. It's so <laughs> it's perfect. Everything about it's it is perfect. Yeah. And the Fast and the Furious came out in two thousand one. Oh. Did they know something we don't? It's right. Like, I feel like. I mean. Sometimes That's, two things are just really fast and really furious. I mean, I guess Fast and Furious. Like, it was also just a phrase before the Fast and the Furious. I guess so. What elements of this movie would you say are fast and also furious? 
Uh, the mm, Jets, I guess. I get. I guess the Jets are fast. John not Travolta is furious sometimes. Uh, the, yeah, the aliens are not fast. The aliens' walking speed does not qualify. Uh, the 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 denouement of the movie is fast. Mm-hmm. It goes from like nothing happening to uh, you know an entire world nuclear exploding. Uh, but no, I would not describe this as a fast nor a furious movie. I feel like it's sort of a plodding, friendly movie. It's it affable. is. It's it's PG thirteen. It mm-hmm. moves at a nice gentle pace, like a lazy river. It's uh... a. <laughs> it's fun for the whole family. It's got yeah. dad jokes aplenty. It's got everything. It's got it all. Sex appeal uh, with the one lady that can deliver sex appeal, and mm-hmm, then the other with... lady that can do that for the other race of humans. <laughs> <laughs> God, I just feel for Chrissy so bad. Chrissy and Kelly Preston's alien character should meet each other and compare notes. <laughs> I hope they <laughs> both made it. I hope that the other alien lady <laughs> didn't get annihilated in the explosion because she's got some stories to tell. Yeah, I mean, and like over just one drink, right? Because she just gets drink with alarming speed. Yeah, alarming speed. <sighs> Efficiency. God, I loved it. Uh, well... I think that's probably it. I think that'll do her. Well, until next time, I'll be Henry. I'll still be Michelle. And experiment and fast forward into the future of acting.